Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. The show must go on, so we're here with a fresh episode. I'm Jason Schultz, and our new full-time trio of spotters is in the house to discuss coronavirus' impact on NASCAR, the replacement's 100 iRacing race, a questionable tweet from Steve O'Donnell, and a ton of your Ask DBC questions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of DBC. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Clear. Hey everybody, I am uh, TJ Majors, spotter of nothing this week, and uh, <laughs> almost a full studio, missing a little piece. I'm, uh, I guess I'm Brett Griffin in the same boat. I didn't spot anything, and with the word boat, we're actually missing a boat. We're missing Casey boat. Yeah. But we have uh, producer Jason in the house. What's up? And Fre- we have a big announcement too. Are you? What are you trying to say about Freddie? Is that a fat joke, Jason? <laughs> yeah. Why so early? Freddie, Freddie, I put a challenge out on Twitter that if you got 10,000 followers, you could be on the show. You're at 9822. 9,822. Should we just assume you're going to get the other 107 electoral votes, 170 electoral votes? I think that's a safe assumption. It's been going pretty quick this week. Yeah. What if we do a challenge? No, I'm not doing no more challenges on this show. <laughs> Why? Well, if it gets that, enough that retweets. The roll thing was Let's awesome. Let's do it. Let's do a tattoo. No. Come you on. out of your mind? <laughs> no chance. You get like Kalinoff tattoo on the inside of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's up? It's Freddie Kraft. I guess the, the people have spoken, really. I'm, the millions and millions of listeners yeah. that have sent in and asked me to be full-time on this deal. We sent a poll out. Have one over. 15% of the people didn't even know who you were. <laughs> That's the option I voted for. That's the Everybody good. that I know voted for that option because yeah. they thought it was funny. I voted for the replace bread option because I didn't yeah. want to do If I was going to be full-time, I did not want to deal with your ass so you're all the time. you are part of the 3%. 3% of the people in my own poll hate I, me. I'm pretty sure it was me, Clint, TJ, and Casey that all voted on that way. So that was. would you vote, TJ? <laughs> I didn't vote. <laughs> he sustained. Yeah. I was in a bar one time in college my senior year, and one of my best friends, Robbie Outlaw, was an econ major at Clemson. Hey, his last name's Outlaw? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of he cool. was. Uh, he <laughs> always came to Columbia because Clemson sucks so bad. He came to Columbia to hang out. So we're in this bar hanging out. It was actually a Have a Nice Day Cafe when they first opened. They don't suck now. No. So all of these senators <laughs> um, and congressmen, you know, obviously we're talking at the state level. After work, they would come into the bars, right? So they're in the bar, and Robbie was all caught up in politics. And at 21, I probably didn't really care. He walks over and he's like, "Hey, Mr. Bauer, would you vote on this bill?" He's like, I sustained. And Robbie's just staring at him. And the guy goes, sustain means I didn't vote. The guy goes, where I'm from, sustain means you're a And I was like, oh, we're getting ready to get in a fight with all of these freaking politicians? No, we're not going to win this fight. It's it's actually abstained. Abstained. Just for the record. I thought he said he sustained. I mean, sustain is is a word, but it's not that word. Oh, he abstained. (laughs) How'd you know that? I just read it on Google. He didn't Uh, vote is what he was saying. My guy was like, I can't believe the guy's last name's Outlaw. It is. So when they did like last name, it was like Outlaw Robbie. He's probably like, hmm. that's pretty neat. He lo- that kid loved uh, attendance, roll call every morning. Yeah. yeah. Robbie Outlaw? Yeah, it's me. Dude, here. dude. Right here, Outlaw. <laughs> that's a pretty awesome name. That is pretty that's cool. Hard to beat. Did he have kids? Did he have any kids? Uh, yeah, he's got two girls. I wonder what their names are. Lily. Lily Outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what. Gotta, what's a cool first name? You got to have a cool first that's name. That's what I, I was know. thinking. Maybe Casey needs to. Incorporate outlaw into the boat. That's thing. still a cool name, though. But uh, yeah, so did you take off? Oh yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about what happened up until we found out we weren't racing. You're gonna in Atlanta. be mad. <laughs> so I got up at seven o'clock. I left for the airport at seven thirty. I got there at eight o five. I got on the plane at eight fifteen after loading my luggage and doing what you do, right? You early or late? Uh, I'm always early. Okay. So I'm there at eight fifteen. We're going to leave at nine. We probably got loaded a few minutes early, and off we go. Boom, we're going to Atlanta. And we're going to Atlanta to a normal scheduled weekend. We're going to practice on Friday. We're going to have two practices. We're going to be done at 6.30. On Saturday, we're going to qualify, and on Sunday, we're going to race per NASCAR before I took off. As we were landing, we're probably five minutes out, and one of the guys on our team gets an email and it's from like Jay Fabian. Have, you're not supposed to have your phones. It's supposed on the to be plane. in airplane mode. Yep. it was in it was in airplane mode. I think. So anyway, <laughs> literally, it was in airplane mode. <laughs> I, I sustained. I'm gonna talk about it. Sustained. So anyway, he gets this email, and it's from Jay Fabian, and it says the garage is closed on Friday. Yeah. On Saturday morning, you'll come in at seven o'clock. You'll qualify at eleven. You will race at two. And he shows me this email, and he's like, this can't be right, can it? And I was like, what well, doesn't make sense that we were going to race on Sunday, and now we're going to race on Saturday, and that the garage is closed today. Obviously, something has happened. So fast forward, we land. We all, so when we land, we all just sit there. And it's like, I'm not getting off plane because maybe the plane's going home. And we're hearing that Gibbs has turned around. By now, Freddie's texting me going, hey, we're not even coming. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're sitting on the ground in Statesville. We're not leaving. There's You're a right truck race. Yeah, right There's a truck time. race tonight. I got to figure out how I'm getting there. <clears throat> so long story short, we all sit there. And I'm like, man, if I get off this plane, um, it means I got to get up in the morning at, you know, 10 Early. o'clock, 11 o'clock. And, and – and go work. Oh, if you get off. Yeah, if I yeah. stay on it and it goes back home, I'm going to have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to yeah. fly back down here to be here when the garage opens at 7. I was like, man, I'm just going to get off. So Clint, Clint's on my plane, right, which is rare. His plane's in the shop's reason why. So he is just, you know Clint, right? He's, he's, he's Yeah, he's about everything. Well, he just had breakfast, according 
Do yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> so we get to the hotel, and I'm standing in line to check in, and Freddie texts me this. He said, O'Donnell just told – who did he tell? John Hunter. A driver. A driver. <laughs> O'Donnell just told a driver that we're not racing. It's canceled. So I look at all my guys standing in the lobby, and I say – Hey, y'all might want to hang tight. We may be getting ready to go home. I get my key to my hotel room, and boom, that's when I got the text from my crew chief, Klossmeyer, saying, come back to the airplane, we're going home. And then, obviously, still no official news, which, man, I totally get. They got to get their ducks in a row. The official news came out as we were going down the runway to take off to come back home. So you never left. I was in the same uh, same boat. See how many times we can say that today? <laughs> I was in the same boat as Freddie. Uh, we were – we had shut the door. We were getting ready to move, and I mean, they were. What time is this? Like nine thirty, probably. Yeah, right bit, around there. A little bit right around nine thirty, and uh, you guys hadn't landed yet. There was planes in the air still. Yeah, because when I uh, texted you, it didn't go through. Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, oh, I texted a people. It didn't go through area. either. Yeah, Hendrick plane was in the air because I texted a couple people there. They landed right in front of us. Yeah, so <laughs> they shut it down. Uh, well, uh, one of the crew chiefs stands up and is like, "Hey, did you get that? Did, Travis, did you see that email?" Brings his phone up, looks at it, goes right to the pilots up front, and uh, we 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 don't we. I mean, they were getting ready to release the brakes. We were getting ready to roll, um, not down the runway, but off from the hangar. Right. And um, then they shut the engine down. We all sat there for maybe ten minutes. Travis asked us to stay put just to so they could figure out what was going on, what um, the plan was going to be, and we ended up sitting there for about fifteen minutes. And he, um, they decided that this is before. Like you said, they said that we weren't racing yet. Uh, we were actually going to fly back later that night around 7.45 or something like that to be there for early in the morning. Um, so we all were leaving. There was a few of us that were getting ready to hop in a car and drive down to go do the truck race. So we were getting ready to leave at 11.30 or so. I was going to go home, take some stuff out of my bag, and only take an overnight bag for one night. Um, and we were going we were going to drive down for the truck race. And it wasn't long after I got home that um got the message you know next two weeks are canceled so or postponed or however they want to put it um so luckily we didn't take off we didn't have uh would you get a nap no Dude, <laughs> oh you're I, next to clint I, you don't nap I, next no, to clint no, I, I, and listen to me when he got back so i call him i'm like hey this thing's getting ready to get canceled he's like ah, no son of a bitch. you know he's he's just raising hell <laughs> i said you were the last one on the plane this morning you we literally were sitting there waiting on you Get, hurry up and get to the airport because we're ready to go home. And he literally got to the airport same time I did. Oh, that's good. And I, he didn't bring me food. So I was, I was laughing starving. because we're there's like we said, we all try to take off. Well, then we don't. So then now they're like, all right, truck races tonight. And I'm spotting a truck. TJ spotting a truck. So a couple guys are going to get in the car and go. Well, Victory's like, hey, hang on here because we're going to rush the pit crews over here. Get them as soon as they get here. We're going to send a plane down there. So there was like seven or eight spotters there. I'm like, well, hang on, we'll all get on that plane. So that was going to leave at noon and get us down there for in time for qualifying in the race. So then um, it just all hell broke loose. Like having so quick. So then John Hunter's like, John Hunter's like, hey, I just got this, uh, I got this email from O'Donnell that you know the next two weeks are postponed. Do not let this get on social media. And the next second, I opened my phone. It just said a tweet from Clint. Damn it! <laughs> I'm like, well, he didn't. Uh, he didn't cut that cat out of the bag. He just a little foreshadowing. I said, "Well, I see he's still following rules as good as ever." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what went on to make these decisions. Like you know, maybe uh, I don't know the circumstances. I know our our events are a little bit different than others. We're outside. We're open air. Um. 
you know, we're not big mass gatherings, I guess. I don't know how they would. I mean, the garage area. Uh, might, pretty massive. It's pretty big. Well, I mean, without fans. <laughs> without fans. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, And let's talk about that for a second. Without fans, without the truck series, without the truck, without the Xfinity series, with just the officials and just the team personnel, and to some degree, some media, I'm assumed, were already there. I mean, I know Jim Utter was at least in Atlanta. I don't know if he's at the racetrack. Yeah. I would imagine we're a thousand people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say so. I mean, you got there's 20 people on my team, 38 teams or 40 teams or whatever, and you got what? How many per team? 12 officials? Nah, more than that. Yeah, it's more you got than more than 12. There's 12 on the roster, you, which they did well, limit. But they you, did limit you bring you in bring. seven pit crew guys. They, yeah. One PR person per team. I mean, you're still say 20. Just say 20. That's 800 people just in team personnel. Yeah. You got officials. Yeah. yeah. And here's but the thing I mean, about the officials, and I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they're coming in from all over the country. Like, if we're all coming in on private planes, and I'm not saying that's any better because if one of us has got it, we're all in jeopardy. But yeah. we're coming in on private planes. They're coming in on commercial planes literally from all over the country. Those guys don't live in Charlotte. They live wherever they want to live. Yeah. Like, they're – man, what a, what a terrible position as a country and as a sport to even be yeah, in. And honestly, there's – you know, I was I was kind of looking forward to going to the race a little bit. I wanted to race. Um, but You I, wanted to race. I was already there. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to I race mean, more than you did. Atlanta's a great racetrack. Um, I was looking forward to the race, but I get it. You know, it's it's hard for all sports, man. There's so many moving pieces at one time. I would hate to have to try to coordinate all this. Teams, drivers, crew, like you said, officials. You got uh, data people, media people, TV people. There's so many moving pieces. I talked with a truck series general manager yesterday um, for a little while, and it cost him to go down there and do what they did, which was absolutely nothing, yeah. to get to Atlanta, to unload, to check into their hotels, and to turn around and do absolutely nothing and come back home, it cost them $24,000. Yeah. And you guys hear for that team? number for, for that team. Yeah. You hear you hear 24000 You go, ah, it's not that much money. Yeah, but it cost, 20, it cost a lot of teams $24,000. You're talking probably getting close to a million dollars by the time you do all three series yeah, because yeah. the Xfinity series was there, the truck series was there, and a lot of the cup teams went. Man, as an industry, like the, the way our economics is laid out, those teams can't afford to lose $25,000. Yeah, I I get, you know, I feel bad. And I think, um, you know, there'll be ways to, I don't know what we can do to help counteract that down the road. Or But this is just a, I mean, this is just a free it sucks. Yeah, there's nothing anybody, none of us really kind of ready I'm, for I'm this. Read, I'm going to read you a tweet that uh, Alan Kupavana, whatever his name is, sent out. Great dude. Uh, yeah, that's the I guy you got Alan an argument with. No, I didn't get an argument. So so in NASCAR, NASCAR made it looked the like an argument to me. It looked <laughs> like, an argument, to you. It looked like <laughs> an argument to me. NASCAR made the decision that we were racing, right? So then Alan tweets out, the responsibility is now on every team, every official, media member, et cetera. If you feel sick, be honest and stay home. We all owe it to each other. I hate to break it to Alan, but I felt sick for three weeks with my sinuses. So how do I know the difference between a sinus infection and, oh, I may have the coronavirus? And I talked to a lot of drivers. I even asked Freddie this. If you woke up on Sunday morning in Atlanta and you felt like you had a cold, were you going to go to the racetrack and do your job? TJ? Yeah, I mean, at that, my, at that point. My point is that, yeah. that that this sport, the culture of this sport, is not built around people being not going to work because they're sick. I've never missed a race because I was sick. I've spotted a ton of races while I was sick. I mean, deathly yeah, sick. Oh, yeah. I did Darlington 
throwing up sick that one time. It, it, it's it's not about it's about the decision was made that we're going to race. You got forty drivers, you got forty spotters, you got forty crew chiefs. You know, you got eighty tire changers, whatever those numbers are. You feel a responsibility to your team, to your family, to to everybody to show up and do your job. So once the decision is made that we're going to race, my point on this on this tweet was not that. Oh my God! I think I got coronavirus. I'm going to work anyway. Yeah. It's if I woke up and didn't feel good Sunday morning, I was still going to the racetrack. I didn't have a choice in my mind, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of excess. People can't just fill in either. I mean, I know that you can put somebody up there. Or, you know, I, you, it's going to be who's harder. Who's going to substitute spot for Joy Logano if we're already already on a skeleton crew down there? I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about who's going to you know who's going to car chief it. I mean, all these who's guys. Who's going to spot for Bubba? Who's going to spot Clint? I don't have another spotter on my team yeah, that's no, ever spotted another race. No. Yeah. I mean, I, definitely. Do you can't you can't imagine the sense of responsibility that we feel on race day mornings when we don't. I feel only good. missed races when I was in the hospital. Right. That's the only time I missed and, races. And to your point, you you had days to prepare for that. I mean, we, uh, yeah, you, I mean, had, I, we yeah. had Jeff Dickerson lined up for days to come in to yeah. substitute for you at Richmond and whatever other races you missed. I remember yeah. that time. Yeah. Um. I mean, same thing when I had kids born. You know, I, I had. You know, there was two weekends where I knew I had to be home to have kids born. I made plans to have another spotter, but yeah. guess what? That guy was a real spotter. Yeah, it and, wasn't some, and you planned on it. Yeah, right? yeah. And and the thing, the biggest thing is, I feel like you don't know. You, you, I mean, you don't even know. You could have it for a couple of days in your system, and you don't know until you Four get home days. on Tuesday. And now all of a sudden you're sick, and now you're oh, I put people at risk last week because I maybe I had it on Sunday. You know, so I I mean I, I went back and forth at your argument because I think that the both like. I don't think that they got what you were saying. They you know did. what I mean? Like, well, that's like, Twitter with a hundred characters. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I mean, like I knew what you were trying to say. Like, not that you were like, I don't give a shit. I'm sick. I'm going anyway. That's no. not what you were trying to say. It no. was like, I don't know that. I, what if I wake up the next day? Like, I don't have time to prepare. I don't have time to 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 get this worked out Sunday morning. If I if I feel, I mean, how many times do we wake up on Sunday morning and yeah. sinuses or you got a cold or more likely yeah. hungover? You I know, woke like, up in Darlington that morning. With a stomach bug, and I, it was ended up being this twenty four hour thing. But I did that race, you know, I can say it now because, but for uh, Dale Junior with my head down about three quarters of the race. Yeah. So, um, but at any point did you say, "Man, I'm not doing this"? No. No. It never. That's crossed, it. It That's never the crossed point my mind. That, I'm, that was the point I was trying to make. Jeff Burton texts me separately from Twitter, and he's like, "Brett, this is serious. Like, I think you need to take your own sheets and own pillowcases and all this stuff to the hotel." And I'm like, "Jeff, I know how serious it is." I'm telling you, once I get on that airplane, I'm there to do a job. And just because I don't feel good, don't I, I don't have the the. I'm not going to say, "Hey guys, I don't feel good." Knowing what what I do now, like knowing right now though that if there was a if this was happening and I didn't feel good, I would remo- probably make more efforts to remove myself with this going on. But on a normal weekend, it's just hard though. You it's don't just, wake up. It ain't it. We're not normal people. You don't wake up like on a normal weekend and be like, "Oh, I got you know, I don't really feel that great." You're going anyway. I mean, I can say though, if I woke up Saturday morning or Sunday morning and felt like I wasn't really feeling good, well, you just said ten minutes ago you would went and did your job. But that's like I'm saying, if we know there was a if there's a national deal going on here, but if you don't feel like that, it'd be hard to. I mean, it, it'd be hard for you to miss it anyway. I mean, I w- if I woke up, you'd have to be pretty bad. If I woke up and I had every damn symptom that they live, if that's I woke different. up with a damn fever and a cough and, yeah. and whatever else, then yeah, I'm going to try to do everything I can to, one, get tested, which you're going to have to wait anyway for a test yeah, anyway. That's my thing, too. But, How are you going to know? Who's going to stand in the garage entrance to go, you got it, you need to go home? Yeah. Like, too many variables. Anyway, I didn't want to bog the whole show down about that, but I wasn't trying to be a d- 
I was just trying to say. And once I was again, just trying to say it's impossible to for eight hundred people to manage themselves under certain scenarios. And it goes across the board. It's not just it's not just spotters too. The drivers have driven sick. They weren't going to wake up Saturday and not feel good and be like, "I might have coronavirus." Test me. Like, yeah, that ain't how this. That ain't how this cold. Nah, it ain't going to happen. And that's that. And that goes to the point of when it's all said and done, and we're all sitting here, you know. Because and not racing like that's probably the right call. Yeah, yeah I think know? they made the right call. And I, think, I don't think racing was the wrong call. Just probably not racing is I, the right. I call. I think I think you want to go back and look, and this is I think across all sports, you want to go back and look and say, all right, we probably did too much, rather than go back in a couple weeks and now everybody's sick and you go, well, damn, we probably should have done this. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. just do everything you can to stop you it know, and, and hope for the best. There might be a a good outcome to this happening with us. This might um, give us. Down the road here, we might have some. I don't have any idea or anything, but this this tells uh, my personal opinion. I think we're going to end up like I saw a tweet doubling up some races, stuff like that. But I also think there's a when we go to them places that have two races, like Michigan, stuff like that. That's a great idea. Um, what about um, you know? I think we might get some weekday races coming up. Before we get into spot on, spot off, let's hear some more about our presenting sponsor, Offerpad. What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is Offer pad the better way because we give you what traditional selling can't certainty and control selling to offer pad means no showings you pick your closing day and we'll even move you locally for free we have a 94% satisfaction score and a a plus bbb rating for a reason it truly is a better way so start thinking about where you want to live next get excited about making that move with offer pad you're sold go to offerpad.com and request your free purchase offer today offer pad move freely CDC recommends in-person events with 50 or more people be postponed for eight weeks. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Um, spot on. I mean, safety first right now. I think, uh, you know, everybody just needs to take the extra precaution and be safe. And if that's what they're uh, recommending, we don't need to – if we can prevent it, you know, is bad. if we can do a lot of prevention here, I think it would just be better for the whole country. And the quicker we do this, the quicker we'll be back racing. Brett? I'm spot off, man. I think eight weeks is a long time. I think a lot can change in eight weeks. I like the way NASCAR did it for, for two weeks to start with. And, and, I mean, when you look at scheduling, TJ and I were just talking about this a little bit ago – Man, the more races we have to to make up, the harder this gets. And and listen, we're a different sport, man. Our sponsors have contracts in place where they have X amount of races they get to run. When we miss races entirely, we put teams in jeopardy. So from a contractual standpoint, from a creative standpoint, it's going to be interesting to see how these races get made up. Uh, But, man, I like the two-week-at-a-time approach right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, spot off for the amount of time. Obviously, it puts it puts a lot of strain on a lot of people in our industry that maybe independent contractors and and counting on a paycheck every week. Um, but 
Like you said, I saw. I think I saw where IMS uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway has announced today that like I mean, this is a recommendation. This is not a law. Yeah. This is no, not going to bring that up. Recommendation. Th- you know, this is this is this is a recommendation for eight weeks. So there's no there's nothing binding that they say that we have to be out for eight weeks. They you know the guys at IMS said they're going to do everything they can to to have the Indy 500 on time. You know, have the Grand Prix, the the road course race the week before. So that's inside that eight week period, I think, or right there on the line. So I mean, obviously, I think you got to go case by case basis, and and like you said, the 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 more we can cut this down, the easier it is to make it up. Yeah, I, man, Vegas is shutting down casinos. The MGM Mirage, they're shutting down full blown casinos. I'm told. Yeah, I mean, you look at that. This puts so many people out of work. The economic downfall of this is unbelievable. Like when you say we're not racing. Like that sounds so simple, but in reality, it means Freddie's not spotting. It means that the fan vision guys aren't selling fan visions. The hot dog people aren't selling hot dogs. You know, Goodyear tires aren't being worn out, driven, being driven down to the racetrack on these tractor trailers. Like the fallout of this is gigantic. And and when you start talking about people going two weeks without pay, man, hopefully they got a little bit saved. You start talking about two months without pay, holy cow, man, that's uh. Yeah. That's scary. I'll, t- I'll tell you something else that, like, a lot of people, and obviously you think, yeah, I already, you know, we make pretty decent living. But, like, a lot of us, I know me and you are, I'm not sure about TJ, we're 1099 contract laborers. We've got a damn, I don't know what's going to happen with the tax deadline, but in a month, we're looking at probably a six figure tax bill coming. You know what I mean? So obviously you got money saved up for that. Yeah. But I don't know that I got money saved up for that. Plus being out of work for another two if you're months. Paying six figures in taxes, you're making a lot more money than I am. <laughs> That's exactly Sorry, what I was five saying. Figures, five, <laughs> five, five figures. Five figures. Um, but <laughs> I mean, <DJ's> like, <laughs> hey damn. man, I work hard. Um, <laughs> it's all them races I do at New Smyrna. That's what I was just thinking too. <laughs> damn, Freddie was knocking out a half uh, mil on us uh, over here. Uh, so a five figure tax bill coming. Five figure tax bill. Damn. But like. You know, I was proud of you. Yeah, you and Lloyd. Anyway, <laughs> f- off. No, you're right. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's scary. It's scary times. You it can't is. find toilet paper. You can't find chicken breast. Herm, a buddy of ours that spots for uh, Busher now, he sends me a picture of chicken breast. Of all the things that I thought my friends would be sending me at 44 years old, it was not a picture of a pack of raw chicken breasts. I've probably sent you a breast or two, but I don't think it had anything to do with chicken. Uh, here we hey, go. I'm spot on for all the uh, – athletes and owners and stuff putting up um putting up money to uh cover these people that work at the arenas that are getting shut down and stuff for a while you know i think that's really cool even amy earnhardt looking to do stuff to help the elderly like i look to you know high profile people in these situations can be great leaders and it's great to see them do that maybe we can get the guy that dropped out of the presidential race to chip in since he wanted to bloomberg he spent 500 million dollars or what was it yeah 500 million yeah if he spent 500 million on an election that he already dropped out of he can maybe help some. And also help pay Freddie's taxes. Yeah, no I don't think Freddie – Freddie, why don't you help some? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who started that deal, and I think it was right, like immediately, was Mark Cuban. Like the second they yeah. announced they were suspending the season, he did an interview on court, and he's like, I'm worried about my people here. You know, I, I got we got to put some program in place to where I can take care of my vendors, take care of my ushers, whatever. So I think he's got the ball rolling, and everybody just kind of – I mean, the next one was Zion Williamson, I think, offered to pay for – for everybody in the yeah. state, you know, arena there. So I mean, it's just awesome. It's going to gonna happen across up. the board, but it's good to see people step up. And that honestly, that was one of my favorite things to read on Twitter the last couple of days is just people stepping up, being like, "Hey, this is a time of need. It's time to give back a little bit," and they can afford to do it. Um, so it's good to see. I think I'm looking forward to you know that and more people doing it as well, and you doing it. Yeah, I gotta. I'll step my game up. <laughs>
Spot on, spot <laughs> off. TJ blocks everyone in the Replacements 100 iRacing race that featured numerous NASCAR industry members. Freddie? What a... I mean, did you even watch it? Yeah. What did you see wrong? The same thing that the 1,200 people that like my tweets saw. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'll I tell didn't you say what. anything was wrong with Let it. Let me explain this before you get into it. I did not say anything was wrong with it. Go ahead. I come off turn two, and I qualified like fifth, and I come off turn two in like third or fourth or something, and I watch the guy leading the race run the bottom line off the corner and then drift up a little bit, and one guy swerved from the wall down to the – I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like way crazier than I thought it was going to be. You, you did not have the worst block of the race. That block that Josh no. threw on Byron coming oh out of the back God. straightaway, I don't know how he didn't yeah. get wrecked. But it was just funny. Like, it was a restart. I was I was like – it was early in the race. It was a restart, yeah. and I think you were third and maybe Byron was fifth, and I yeah. just saw him dive, like peek out to the bottom a little oh, bit, and DJ blocked him, and I was like, this son is still blocking. Yeah, you don't <laughs> – you don't want to go into turn. You know, you're going to turn three at Atlanta. You don't want somebody getting inside you before you get there. So you'll tell. I mean, I don't know if you tell Clint. Like, if a guy's coming, he doesn't have a big run, but it's probably enough to like get a note just to be annoying, right? Yeah. So you're like, no, nah, I'm just going to take it away a little bit, and that's all you really do. And I, I watched the broadcast and was like, oh, TJ boxing. I'm like, dude, all I did was go like this, just a littlest bit. I'm like, yeah, just I just want to do a show. The guy like, look, I'm going to the bottom. You're not getting it. I just thought it was funny. But dude, that William and Josh were. Oh, did you see that one? That was on Twitter. I saw the I saw the William Josh one. Yeah, that yeah. was God. Bad. If I, I turn the wheel that hard, I wreck. <laughs> so so, how, why didn't Josh get wrecked when he made that block? It just it picks them up like they're drafting. Uh, if he hit him square, oh they'll wreck. Oh, if they hit if they cross a little bit, they'll wreck. Yeah. Like it's if I would have hung the wheel left like that, I would have wrecked into the inside wall myself. Like Josh and William. Um, run a ton of races every week so i'm gonna ask a stupid question y'all all ran the same setup yeah it's fixed setup okay should we talk about this at all should i yeah go yeah. ahead people are interested. well i don't so, know anything about it so so we get home friday and i'm sitting there getting ready to feed my little girl's lunch and uh, i'm like man we ain't got any racing this weekend what are we all gonna do and i'm sitting there i, I had i'm like why don't we just get a bunch of people together that want to run it you know i know enough people in the industry that race so let's just call them see if they want to get together and run one and I know the guys that do the broadcast, which was the podium guys. Uh, me and Coleman Presley actually raced in a league they had last year, and they did a great job, like short track league. We ran street stocks at a short track, and it was really good. So I called them, and I'm like, hey, if I put a race together, can you guys broadcast it just for something to do? And they're like, well, let me check. I think we can, though. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll start getting a list of drivers together. And uh, the, also, you know Boris from JGR? Yep. He he texts me Social like, media, yeah. yeah, right after I started thinking about it, he's like, hey, man, I was thinking about maybe we could put together a race. His name's actually not Boris. No, we but call he looks Boris like Boris. Because he's got curly hair like Boris. Like Boris yes. said, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, well, let me, I had the same idea. Let's think about it a little bit. He's like, I might be able to get some of our guys to do it. Um, so uh, I get my little girl down for a nap and I start, I call him back. And right before I call him, Kevin Hamlin texts me. He's like, hey, we should put a race on. Yeah, we should do something. So we got three of us with like the same idea. So I call the broadcast people. They're in. Um, I call Steve Myers at iRacing. He's like, yeah, do it. We're not doing anything this weekend. It's too quick of a notice for us to put on an official race. So I'm just going to get together a list of people. And so I start texting all the people that I know that would, you know, in the industry that would race. Um, next thing you know, we've got we've got 35 guys ready to go, drivers, crew chiefs. How many can you race? Um, however many pit stalls there are at Atlanta. But I wanted to – I thought I was going to have a hard time filling 25 people. Next thing you know, I'm texting people and, you know, people are, hey, this is so-and-so from this management group. I'd like to get our driver in there doing it. 
I'm like, holy cow. My phone went off constantly all day after that. As soon as we announced it, Saturday, big time. Um, so we filled the field and, you know, had Dale Jr. committed to running it. William Bowman, Bubba was in there. Is um, Dale Jr. rusty? No, he's good. I know, but is he rusty? Cause no, nah, he's pre- he's still good. He, he just got caught up in a wreck. Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw but, he didn't uh, have a good finish. I was like, man, he must be, because he used to be the man on there, right? No, nah, he's pretty good. Yeah, um, not, in the back. He's not quite as good as uh, what I am. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you had, if you had won, let me I ask, might, you, let me ask yeah. you this. Was there some kind of like, uh, had to be some kind of reset? Like, So I gave everybody, I wasn't, because I had people like, I text Canals. I'm like, Chad, you want to run this? Because he runs on iRacing a little bit. I'm like, I might as well invite him. So Chad's like, yeah, I'll run. Why not? Fix setup. So I made it. I worked on a setup on Saturday and tried to send it out to as many of the guys as I could so they could go run some laps in it. Um, and just like Atlanta in real life, there's a lot of fall. So off. you set the cars up. We made. We wanted to make a setup. I had a whole bunch of guys in there working on it. Like, oh, I think it's a little loose. Well, I think it's a little tight. Trying to find a happy medium because yeah. everybody drives different. Um, so we got a good setup. And so you set it up and you still didn't win. Is your setup? It wasn't my setup. It was one actually. Uh, Nick Ottinger, um, one of the pro series drivers on iRacing. Um, helped one helped us out with a little bit we and we pretty much just ran it but like uh i wanted to give them guys some track time like chad and them guys but uh it was good to see all them people show up man i mean i think i saw bowman said he sucked at it yeah he did he didn't have a good race does he not run this stuff normally uh he runs dirt stuff mainly but we had uh i think once it started kicking off and i thought we might get a couple thousand people to watch it but even like right before the race we were it, the max was almost 24,000 people at one time. I'm going to ask a really stupid question. I get the monitors. I get the computer. I get the steering wheel. But why in the why why would you pay to have like a real seat? Uh, I don't know. I don't do that. So I mean, saw, when I went to your mine, house, I yeah. sat in your yeah, in a chair. Mine like was just a, mine was just a mine. I just have a gaming. But chair. like, why why would you have that? Well, some seat? of these. Some of these guys, it's just comfortable. Simulation, man. Simulation. It's a simulation. It's not a real, it's like a sports car seat most of the time. Um, yeah. Seat but, ain't moving, Freddie. That's simulation. Hey, buddy. You can but, move. like, people have some serious simulators, man. I don't have. Like Josh? Like Josh, yes. <laughs> and uh, What's Josh, Josh got in that? 10 grand? Probably easy. Probably easy. Huh. But he don't have kids. Is that, or, is that five or six a, figures? He don't have a wife or kids, so he can do whatever he wants. And, uh. That's another thing. Josh goes home and races. Lucky him. He races with his buddies until about two, three in the morning every night. They run, they run probably fifteen. He told me one time it's either six or seven hundred races a year is what he runs. That's a lot. Yeah. So wow. That's a ton. That so I knew he when William doesn't run quite that many, but William's really good on there as well. Uh, but the race I think never dropped below. We had a couple of cautions in the beginning, but it never dropped below like. 21, 22,000 people watching it from that, from once we got rolling to the end of it. So, well, I saw your Twitter finally worked again. You were promoting out of it. You won't yeah, promote our bit. show, but I you'll promote, promote the. Did I not promote the show? He we, sent we one, got tweet. one tweet this week. Well, we got one yeah. tweet in three years. Six, seven of them yesterday for the race. Yeah. But one yeah. tweet for us. I sent out about four in the last <laughs> two days. But uh, no, it was ended up being a really big success, man. Like, that's awesome. You're going to do it again of, this week? Uh, I don't know. I'm not doing a race this weekend, but I think there might be. Wow, what are you doing this weekend? Well, there might be another race, but it's oh, all. You're like, saying you're not going to put it together. I'm not putting a race on this weekend. Maybe the week after. It just all depends. I think. Um, Too busy. No, iRacing is going to put together a race. <laughs> um, they're working on putting together a race with some drivers. All cup drivers. Steve won't let me in it because he, he won't let other people in it because he's like, you guys are going to be too fast. Who's so. Steve? 
Steve Myers at iRacing. Yeah, let's take let's tweet his number out. We'll fix yeah, that problem. We'll fix yeah. that. I've already I've already begged him. He won't let me do it. But I think um What, what an idiot. What, what they're planning on doing this week's gonna be fun. It should be entertaining as well. So we'll see what they say. One and, thing that was unique to iRacing, I was what we were I was watching this and um like the three probably three, four best guys were Josh, this dipshit over here. Parker Kligerman and and William and Parker was fast and he was running like what was he second? He's fast, yeah. Second and we're you're watching all of a sudden. Looks, oh my looks, god! Looks like he blows the right front tire. It, it he goes right in the front corner. Of me. It goes. He just you know darts right. Yeah. And I'm like, so my brother he knows more about this stuff than I do. So I'm like, damn, can you blow tires on here? And John's like, I don't know. It looks more like maybe like. Something happened. Yeah, so it I don't know what happened. Like he, like his, like his steering wheel came unplugged or something, something like that. Happened <laughs> he in front, it was him, William, and then me. And we're going down turn one, and all of a sudden he just turns right, and his car goes head on into the wall. He comes back down the track, and about four or five of them hit him. But uh, to Freddie, to Freddie's question earlier, I had it. You can set when you create the race. Uh, you can do one quick fix, which means if you destroy your car. You drive back to pit road; it'll repair your your car completely one time. Okay, so from Kevin there on Hamlin, out, Kevin Hamlin got to do that. He, all them guys did multiple it. times yes. for Kevin. Kevin, but guys like, but yeah, the guys that quit and wrecked out had destroyed two cars at that point. Yeah. What, so. what in the hell was Justin Allgaier doing? <laughs> no, he made me mad. Did you see the end of the race? I didn't see the end, but I heard Steven talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm catching Steven Stefan for third. I saved my tires. I ride around there, three quarter throttle. Let I'm like, all right. Well, the only chance I'm at is if they wear their stuff out. So I get a terrible restart. You know, I'm I felt like Brad a little bit, and uh, got a bad restart. And I go from second to or whatever. Where was I? Second? You were second. I was second. And end up getting in line of like seventh. So I'm like, oh, this sucks. So I'm like, just save my stuff. I drive back up through. I'm catching Stefan for third, and uh, all guy comes was like, hey, you want the bottom, Stefan? I'm. He's like, yeah, something. He's gonna go the high side one and two and lifts and let us both by. Oh no! Guess who had to lift off of two. And you know when and this package is similar to real life. If you have to lift in this package, it's Dead all water. that. Yeah, yeah. So I had to lift, and I'm like, "You son of a gun!" Like I. So he was getting lapped. He's numerous. He was laps getting down. lapped for the 35th time. He was out He's there just rolling around. Down. He wrecked Kevin Hamlin. He was out there like wrecked and and wrecked again in front of yeah. Kevin. That's how Kevin. Justin wrecked. didn't have a good race, but I mean, I'm just catching Stevan. I'm going to get to him with like a lap to go, get third. And uh, no, nah, I'm like, well, and I get super tight and have to lift off a turn two. And it, it, this, it's just like, like you get in somebody's wake. It's like, it just, you got to be real. I mean, it's just like real. And my, yeah. I mean, I've never driven a real package like this, but it feels like it is because you have the same characteristics. But good race, um, good time. I don't know. Freddie watched the broadcast of it. it. Was Apparently, it was, it was put on pretty well. So. Yeah, they did, they did a really good job. That kid, um, Jacob Seelman. Yeah, I've, I've I've listened to a couple of different things with Chili Bowl and some other stuff with him. He does announcing at Millbridge or used to. He does a really good job. I didn't know the other two guys, but I yeah, I, but they all did a really good job. Yeah, it was fun. You should try our racing sometime. I don't have ten grand to buy a unit. <laughs> you don't need ten grand. Just need a computer and a monitor and a steering wheel. How much is that? How much do you want to spend on it? Well, that's what you always. You've been saying that same thing for ten years. You tell me. You give me. You just bring me a blank check, and I'll get you a good. <laughs> damn. Quiz. What do you call it? Majeski's like he's like one of the best ones, and he runs on a damn laptop and a. So did he not run yesterday? So no, I like so. I went to Ty, and I'm like, hey, you want to run? This is like I'm filling the list out, and I'm I'm trying to get as many real yeah. people that are good. Ty's like, no, I got a ra- I got another race. I got to run. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, about an hour before the race, after everything's all done, yeah. and for the broadcast, we had to have a – they need a list kind of beforehand to get do their work, like normal broadcast. You let and, Tim Duggar in it, right? Of yeah. course. That's funny. Of course. The Mike Harmon of sim racing. He's actually – dude, he's a street stock champion. 
I saw that little Twitter. Yeah, stuff. he's funny. so pumped up about that. Yeah. But uh, no, we. Uh, oh man, I tried you know to get Kyle Long's in. kid in there too, right? Yeah, Kyle. It, he's Kyle a Long. big sim racer, man. I was gonna give Bubba because like laps. There's a hundred lap race, like lap seventy five. Bubba's trying to pass a football player. I'm Are you like, kidding no, me? So Good listen job. to this. <laughs> Bubba comes on there. And we're all in this, most of us are in a chat room together, this little voice chat thing, not in the race itself, but outside of the race. Bubba comes on, he keys up, and it sounds like his head's out the window with his mic, like it's <laughs> 80 mile an hour winds, and he's like, can y'all hear that? And we're all like, holy cow, are you in a jet fighter? What are you doing? <laughs> so y'all can talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Can Bubba, everybody else hear y'all talking to each other? No. If you talk in the game, you can talk in the game too, the two separate things, but we have a separate deal, a private deal. And uh, Bub was like, can y'all hear that? And it sounded like Ace Ventura driving with his head out the window. And he's like, yeah, I'm starting to sweat. I got to turn this fan on. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. You know, like, he's so – like, I don't know what this kid does. But, like, they'll play Mario Kart. They'll run 7,000 Mario. Mario Kart Who's races Mario? on the way. It's Mario. My- <laughs> um and like we'll get off the plane, like to make a stop in Tulsa, it'd be covered. Like he just like he, like yeah. he ran through a car wash, and then he'll like, be going, <laughs> he'll be sweating, and he's racing the heck out of somebody about Rex, and down the back stretch, all you hear is because <laughs> he's goldfish. eating goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was fun. Uh, looking to do some more things down the road, and and uh, you need to just get a you need to just get a computer so you can sign on there and spot. You won't ever tell me how much money it costs. <laughs> I asked I, I when we got way canceled, less than what you got. When we got canceled. I was looking for job <laughs> opportunities. I was asking how much spot what that pays. I give you twenty bucks spot somebody, for me next somebody time. Somebody DM me that they would give me twenty bucks a spot yeah. race. Yeah, I guess if I do as many right. as Josh does, I gave you twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh wait, by the way, the winner did get a VIP Hooters card. Oh cool. Yeah, those don't work for a Josh. year. <laughs> so so Josh has a Hooters card. Josh is getting a VIP Hooters card for food for a year. Fifty so, bucks a trip or a hundred bucks a trip or what? I don't know what it is. Wow. And then we had a guy come forward. He's making a he's making a race winning jacket, and he's taking all of our cars. Our, our friend Brad Little had one of those at one Didn't time. Oh, did you we were, out? we were in Fontana, and uh, our Hooters bill was four hundred dollars, and his car didn't work. Guess who had to pay the freaking tab? This guy. <laughs> I well, I got there late because I must have been doing a race. The most or expensive free meal I've ever. This had This is the in my most life. ridiculous thing you've ever seen. There, when I get there, there's more food on the table. There's pounds of crab legs and like stuff you would Where? never eat at Hooters. Oh, and I'm Hooters like, has great crab legs. I'm like, what in the hell are you guys doing? I don't matter. It's all free. We got this VIP card. And the bill comes out. You're like, yeah, this, this is no good. And Brett's like, what? Um, oh. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right. Next it was a good time. time. Let's hear some more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. You know what you can still do while you're staying at home and avoiding the coronavirus? Visit OfferPad.com and look into buying or selling your home. And you know the best part? You can get an offer right from your big-ass couch. It's simple and easy, right, TJ? (laughs) Yeah, just log on OfferPad.com, fill out a five-minute form, and within 24 hours, you'll receive an offer. Want another perk? OfferPad lets you avoid showings and open houses. That's even better during this time. No need to let any strangers into your home. When you go online to OfferPad.com, to fill out the form, be sure to select the podcast option and ha- the how did you hear about us question. And if you submit your home to OfferPad, be sure to tweet us screenshots and we'll send you a DBC OfferPad t-shirt. Get started today. Go visit OfferPad.com. Steve O'Donnell responds to a former Chuck Series owner's tweet with a clown emoji. So DJ Cop tweeted in response to Steve uh, early last week. He said, it's like shooting darts with these guys. How many years have you been working on that package? Can't wait to see all the excuses when the new car 
come out comes out. How many times will we hear it's a learning curve or these things take time? Then Steve responded with a clown emoji, spot on, spot off, Brett. <laughs> it's like I stole Steve O'Donnell's Twitter account for a hot minute. Here's a guy with the sanctioning body calling a former owner a clown. Um, I actually know DJ. I know his wife or fiance. Uh, she a cop? Uh, <laughs> she, uh, Amanda, she's awesome. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. I'm not sure. Hopefully, it's not something that. I mean, could you imagine him calling Joe Gibbs a clown if Joe? But Joe Gibbs would have tweeted that either. Like, I mean, it's just a no. I think, I think Steve probably gets tired of some of the crap he has to hear, and yeah, I agree. maybe he'd had a couple cocktails and called a guy a clown. Yeah, I mean, DJ's kind of been, he's kind of been critical of this stuff for a while now, and it's probably reached a breaking point, I guess, with Steve. Um, and 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 I don't think does he still own a truck? Is he still racing? No, he sold everything. He sold everything, right? So now you're kind of like we talked about Cole Pern last week. You're kind of throwing shots from the cheap seats now. Like you got out, so just if you're out, that's it. Yeah, you know, I spotted for his truck at Bristol with JJ Yaley one time, a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. But it, uh, yeah, Ugh. it's probably not the best. Probably not the best look for our. I don't even know what Steve's title is, vice president or something, or. Whatever, but he he pays the, six figures in taxes. He pays six figures in taxes. <laughs> Not quite the rest. Him and you, you and him. <laughs> Me and him. We're the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> you spot on or spot off? What'd you say? Uh, I'm going spot off just because I think it looks bad. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with Brett on it. Probably sat down. Probably hears a lot of things. I'm. I mean, I've seen some of the tweets that people send out when NASCAR made. You can't please everybody. It's uh it's like building that setup. Half the guys are like, Oh, this thing's too loose. Oh, this thing the other half, this thing's too tight. What do you do? So you can't please everybody and I think um I think DJ really wants he wanted to be a truck owner and probably just never quite got the backing to be really competitive like he wanted to be. Former tire changer, uh sponsorship rep for Ingersoll Rand. Yeah. Certainly a guy who knows the sport DJ is. Yeah, but just never had the backing, never had the funds himself to to build a competitive truck team, and I think it's a little bit of frustration with that. The pro, the cars are always going to evolve. Yeah, look at I mean every year they evolve, no matter what. I mean it's always going to evolve. Like you can't, we're never going to take a car and we're going to run that car for ten years. It's never going to happen. So I think he's just frustrated. I think they're both frustrated, in my opinion. So, but spot on for the clown emoji. It's a great emoji to use. <laughs> All right, last topic. Clint Boyer says it sucks to have to test the next-gen car. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Ah, spot on. I mean, spot on for anybody that really says what they're thinking. Clint has a very mm. large lack of filter a lot of times. Um, but, I mean, and, and to Clint's point, I think he was saying it sucks to test any car, to be honest with you, because <laughs> testing is boring. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's the same as any other sport. You don't want to practice. You want to play the game. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to do it. Uh, one of Clint's points was I'm testing a car that I don't even have a contract to drive yet. I might not be racing next year, so why am I testing this car? <clears throat> um, so, you know, obviously, to his point, it sucks to have to go test, but it's kind of part of the world we live in. Brett. Good job, Jason. No kidding. Way you're to do like your job. Casey, you're like Casey. You're uh, laying down on us. Oh, uh, wait. Huh? What, guys? Man, <laughs> let, me, I'm, let me check my makeup. I'm spot on for anything that makes Clint Boyer have to do the same thing over and over for eight hours. And it absolutely, like, like the whole flight home, he's like, what are we going to do for two weeks? We can't, I can't sit home for two weeks. I'll go crazy. So to, to put him in a situation where for 16 hours, Monday, eight hours, Tuesday, eight hours, 
he was going to have to drive that car and literally do what they wanted him to do. What they'll do is they'll go out and run 10 laps. They'll come in and make a change. They'll go run 10 laps. It is the most monotonous, boring thing you can do as a driver, do as a spotter. I didn't have to go spot it. He was going to have to drive it. I was spot on, but the whole damn thing got canceled. (laughs) TJ? Yeah, I mean, testing – it needs to be done for the new car. I mean, we got to test it, and I think they're doing a good job of getting a wide variety of drivers in there to do it. Almost, almost everybody from each team's. I think they're all got shot. NASCAR, up. to from what I'm told, NASCAR is kind of picking who they want to drive it. Is that yeah. what you're hearing? Too? Uh, I don't. I don't know how they did it because Logano's drove it, right? Yeah, and Austin what, Dillon drove it. Uh, Williams Byron. Williams drove it. Eric Jones. They've gone. They've got. They're going one. Man, they're going in manufacturer order, <laughs> and then switching teams. So first it was jo- uh, Austin, then it was Joey, yeah. Eric Jones. Then they went back to Chevy Byron. Now Ford okay. Clint. Next will be a Toyota. Yeah. I'm assuming. Which I mean, that's that's a good you. idea. To, at least they're splitting it up and and um and doing that way. I'm surprised they picked Atlanta to test it, just because Atlanta is so unique. I mean, we run a lot of mile and a half that are similar, like the Kansas, Chicago's, et cetera. Like, I'm surprised they picked Atlanta. I'm not really surprised at it because I think it gives you. A, there's a lot of fall off at Atlanta, and you want to see how these things really take really handle after you know 20 laps at Atlanta. You're sliding around. Hopefully you won't tires. So and that so William I guess had a little issue at Fontana and it cut the the cut the test short right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so, he wrecked off it too. I mean at the track where it wears out too. So it's not a little issue if you're wrecking. Well, I want to see these guys have to drive that car. You know what I, I mean? Agree. And if William, I'm sure William. I mean he. I'm interested because like obviously it's it was harder to drive because he wrecked the car. You know, yeah, obviously. that's what I, I but, like that. But at the same time, I heard it was quite a bit slower, like almost I heard a second and a half, two seconds yeah, slower yeah. than we were the day before. So yeah. it's it's interesting Isn't to know what we want. Like, oh yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I don't care how fast they're going as long as they have to drive them. You know what I mean? It's just interesting yeah. to me that they could be that much slower and still and, have to handle and still have to and still be that much harder. That's to what drive. we need, man. We need a little bit slower because that, these engineers and stuff, everybody's gotten so smart. We've made everything so good and so fast. Um, and grippy that it's just a slot car. So I don't care if we're going 75 mile an hour. You can get loose at 75 mile an hour going down a dirt road, down a highway, <laughs> can't you? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter how fast we're going, th- but I mean, as long as they got th- their hands full. I think he still wants some speed, but as long as yeah, I drive I mean, I'm sure he was still doing, you know, even a second and a half slower at Fontana's fast. Yeah. You're still flying down straight away. Great news, Door Bumper Clear fans. Xfinity is now on board with us to sponsor our Fastlane segment. And to match Xfinity's fast internet, we'll be ramping up the pace of this segment. Casey or I will now ask the guys eight questions every week, and they will have just 10 seconds to respond. No exceptions. And once those 10 seconds are up, I'll keep digging them until they will stop talking. And I'm assuming Casey's going to be very excited to finally shut y'all up from rambling on and on and on. So big, big thanks to Xfinity for making the great decision to sponsor DBC. And for this week's segment, we decided to take your Ask DBC questions and implement them in the segment. Better plug your dinger in. Charge it up. We've got a new smartest sponsor in the sport. Welcome on board, Xfinity. You're (laughs) on the best podcast, the best racing podcast in the world. Somebody at Xfinity made a great executive decision. Yeah, Yeah, that, That person deserves a raise. That person definitely deserves a raise. Promotion. Deserves a raise, yeah. And Should we also need to talk to him about Casey's work ethic a little bit. 
Yeah, and her uh, love for Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Pictures are included if you it's, need them. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> DJ's got a good picture of that. When you watch mm-hmm. companies like Xfinity come in here, though, man, it's awesome because everybody needs the services that they provide in the markets where they provide them. They're out of Philadelphia. I've had the opportunity to go up to their headquarters. Uh, great company, great people. They love racing, and I think any time that the three of us see companies that love racing, it gets us excited. Yeah, and to see them be involved in the sport and even – branch out more in the sport doing stuff like this as well so thanks xfinity and uh looking forward to it yeah with our millions and millions of listeners you'll get your money's worth here you got the xfinity series and you got xfinity involved in the cup series as a presenting sponsor and now they finally got smart enough to know that they needed to be here in order to make this thing come full circle so (laughs) thanks xfinity looking forward to it looking forward to selling some xfinity internet service get ready this will be the fastest segment on the show now 10 seconds each Charger so dinger. Get, get your responses ready. There's a lot of questions here, Jason. Get I have a feeling this each. is going to make us want to go in there and punch Jason in the face. <laughs> <laughs> have we figured out what the penalty is if we run over this 10 seconds? There will be penalties. 10 setups. Is this yeah. A, yeah. yeah. There will be penalties. <laughs> is this a timed event? <laughs> if you go over, I'm just going to keep dinging until you stop. So that'll be the, that'll be the play. Don't stop. All right. Yep. All right. Question number one from Daniel C 3 underscore 88. If you guys could have spotted for any driver in the history of NASCAR, who would it be, Brett? ABCD, Kelly Yarborough, Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt. I don't know who D was, but I'm going with Dale Earnhardt. David Pearson, that was my D, but I'm going to pick Dale Earnhardt. TJ. Oh, man. Uh, I would probably say um, Benny Parsons. I'd probably go with uh, Dale Earnhardt, and I would go with uh, Daryl Waltrip. Freddie. Uh, if I'm going all-time modified guy, Richie Evans, being I'm a modified guy, if I'm picking a cup guy, I'm going dick trick. Question number two from Leah Ann 23. If you were quarantined to one track's infield, which would it be and why, Freddie? Uh, hard not to say Talladega, but uh, party in Michigan is just as good. Michigan, Brett. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. How many How many times can I say it in 10 seconds? Michigan, 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 Michigan. TJ. Uh, Michigan, Talladega, and any of these tracks, except for Indy, probably right now. Question number three from CPOFFFF. Will we ever see a spotter get into the NASCAR Hall of Fame? TJ. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Freddie. No, but if we did, it'd be Bob Jeffrey. Fred, Freddie's right. Bob's done everything you can do in the sport. He's won everything you can win. All the big races, championships, multiple series. Bob is his resume is very, very impressive. Question number four from Jay Schillenberg, ninety-five. Which free agent after this season would benefit most from moving to a new manufacturer? Brett. Ooh, that's a tough one. Larson. TJ. I uh, gotta go with Larson as well. Freddie. Make it a clean sweep, Kyle Larson. Question number five. What happens if all of us agree? <laughs> I know. We'll have to get some questions. <laughs> well, these are all just. <laughs> I would. I wasn't a big fan of that question because I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, a different team, maybe not so much manufacturer. All right. Question number five from Dan Petrons. Uh-huh. Petronas the second. Yeah, there you go. Would you rather spot a race where your driver runs away with it and you don't have to make many tough calls, <laughs> or one with close racing and every time you talk, you could, you, your call could cost you the race? Freddie. Winner wants the ball in his hands. I want to make the call. I just want the win. I don't care which way. <laughs> 
it's a heck of a lot easier when you lead the whole thing and don't have to race anybody, but it's not as gratifying as a spotter when you do that. You like to win Talladega, Daytona, these races like that, because then you feel like you were really a part of it. Question number six from Davidson to 27.95. If you could add any racetrack from around the world to the NASCAR schedule, which track would it be, TJ? I would add a street course right now. Um, maybe... Um, I would, what's the one in California? Uh, Long Beach. Long, Long Beach, Beach, something Straight like that. Long maybe Beach. maybe Miami, something like that. I don't know. Monaco. <laughs> if I'm going to add one on the river, uh, around here, Irwindale. Irwindale for uh, great race. Monaco. It right. says around the world. That yeah, means we're going true. to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dirty Myrtle. Not enough hotels. <laughs> Question number seven from Submarine Mike 88 If you had to be quarantined with one driver for 14 days that's not a driver you've ever spotted for, who is it, Brett? Dang, that's a hard one. Danica Patrick. <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know. Um, none of them. <laughs> Freddy. I probably to go with my boy Clint. I'd imagine that'd be a hell you of a good sleep? time. You want to sleep? No, not necessarily. I don't sleep. You're quarantined <laughs> with Clint. That doesn't matter. Duh. He's got a pretty nice barn. <laughs> All right. Question number eight. The off the wall question from Hostler Rusty. Hostetler Rusty. Hostler, yeah, that's why Casey Jeff Hostler. Glad she has to do that every week. If you were, if you three ran a forty yard dash, who would win? <laughs> Freddie. I think it's obvious. I would kick their ass. <laughs> Brett. I ran a 4.5. You did not run a 4.5. In high school. I ran a 4.5. No, I, I was the fastest you. You white kid. You can't run a 5.5 five right now. I was the fastest white kid to what go through was Central that? High School. What 1993. Year was that? Okay. That was uh, uh, how many years ago? TJ weighs about 100 less pounds than me, so I'm going to guess he might edge me out-ish. I'll go with myself. Because Freddie's, uh, let's be honest, Freddie's just too damn hey, big. If it was a 100-yard dash and I got this shit all moving in the same direction, I'd be pretty fast at the end of it. At the end of it? Just because you can't I'm stop. On, I'm on the long run speed. You better hope there ain't a goalpost. Yeah. All right. That was a good fast question segment. Thanks to Xfinity for coming on What board. about you, Jason? I think, think you could outrun all of us? Yes, for sure. Jason, you can't even walk without hurting Are yourself. Are you kidding me? You can't, I, even, you can't even sit down without hurting yourself. I need I run, a jogging start. I run if you about give me a jogging start. I can see me blowing both hamstrings out, but I don't, I don't know if you beat me, Jason. You look a little goofy when you run. I can run. I run 10 miles every week. I'm trained. I'm ready. Let's 10 go. miles? 10 miles? Not at once. Probably. So I don't think you could outrun. I think me and Brett could both possibly beat you in a speed race. What? Not you. I'm what are you trying to, to say? Jason. No I'm talking about Jason. Why are you say you, you two ch- and not me? <laughs> well, it's obvious. I'm going to use Earl's line. You got a full body sk- mirror in your house? <laughs> what? We'll get you a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I got a scooter for Christmas. A spin scooter or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Xfinity. They'll be back every week for the rest of the year on Fastlane, and we'll have some more fast-paced questions like that. Man, we got some great news here, Door Bumper Clear fans. There's a new line of Dirty Mo merchandise available now for you to buy and sport the Dirty Mo brand. That's right. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com. Select the Dirty Mo Media gear tab, and when you check out, use code DBC10, DBC10, to get 10% off your order. Get your gear now. Did you get that tattoo that everybody got in the brand? When, when I, Dirty Mo came out, there was this Dirty Mo posse, there's all this DMPs. Like, did you get the tattoo? 
I did not. I uh, watched it. I could smell the skin burning, and I'm not. How many it. guys do you think got that brand? Four or five. Yeah. Josh. Maybe. Did Josh Schneider get it? Yeah, the Josh is the worst one. Mitch Lash. Josh is the worst one because they did it once, and they thought they didn't do it good enough, so they heated it back up. Oh, and they did branded it him twice? Right over the old one, and you could smell it, and it was the worst thing ever, so I didn't do it. Oh, I don't blame you. Not doing it. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. First question from Miss Placedolini. What is the first memory you all have of NASCAR? Brett. Jason, it would have helped if I was listening to your question. No, I'm just kidding. I was listening. Um, first memory I have of NASCAR, I was four years old. I ended up in an infield uh, at a racetrack uh, with a blue pickup truck. Uh, the Caldwells, Peggy and Clayton Caldwell took me, and I thought the 21 car driven by David Pearson was the prettiest car out there, so I picked that car and up, uh, ended up that David was from South Carolina, so I pulled for him for a long time, and then I transitioned into being an Earnhardt fan, went to – all the races around Pageland, to be honest with you, I mean, we could drive to Atlanta, North Wilkesboro, Charlotte, Bristol, Richmond, Martinsville. Man, we could get to a lot of racetracks from there back in the day. So I was very fortunate. And, and you know, when I got into college, I kind of stopped being a, a fan and following it as much as I was. And, and when I finished my business degree, I was like, man, NASCAR sounds like a fun place to be. You know, companies were coming in. And back then, a, a full sponsorship in the Cup Series was around $7, 8000000 million dollars. Uh, but they were putting that many more marketing dollars behind their programs. Like when you saw UPS come in and, and the Dell drive the truck campaign, like you're talking a dollar fifty to a dollar the sponsorship versus what they're doing to activate it. So being a part of that on the marketing business side was certainly a lot of fun and Man, I mean, you look at it, and people say all the time, if you find something you love, it's like you never worked a day in your life, and that was the case for a long time for me. TJ? Um, I wasn't really big into NASCAR until uh, my dad took me to Watkins Glen in, I think, 1990. Um, he had raced dirt tracks and won a championship at Lernerville Speedway in the mid-'80s, and my grandpa had owned dirt cars, so I was uh, more into the world of outlaws, stuff like that. But when we went to Watkins Glen... I remember standing along the fence there, and I got up real early in the morning, and this is right where everybody's unloading. You know, the generators are out there running back then, and I went there and watched just everybody unload. And uh, How old were you? I was probably 10 years old, 11 years old. And, uh, man, it was watching them. You can't – you see the cars on TV, but when you see them in person, how bright they are, and, and then you start seeing them going around the track when, I, from, that, from that first practice on, and uh, I was hooked on NASCAR stuff. Yeah, so um, like I said, my dad was racing when I grew up, so we ran local NASCAR track, Riverhead Raceway, um, and obviously that was that's all I did when I was a kid. My dad won the last uh, Islip Speedways, one of the uh, famous quarter mile oval on on Long Island that got closed down. My dad actually won the last race they ever had there, so that's when I was I probably wasn't even at the track. I think I was only a year or two old. Um, so then I just grew up to that and the, like first Cup experience. I actually because I was racing all the time with my dad. We, I never went to a cup race. I think the first cup race I went to was I was spotting a modified at Loudoun. So it was probably I was probably, I don't know, 18, 19 years old wow. before I went to a cup race. Um, just because of the fact that I never, you never could go. Like, you know, we're always racing somewhere yeah. and doing something. So uh, that was my first cup experience. It was pretty cool, though. But I, I, I've been around it since the day I was born, pretty much. We would race Lancaster, South Carolina, Chester, South Carolina, Friday night, Saturday night. And then Saturday night, as soon as the dirt race was over, the Super Dirt Late Model, we go with Tommy Mongo, who I thought was the best race car driver ever lived. Um, we would leave there, and that's when we'd pack up and drive all night. 
and go into these infields and be you'd wake up Sunday morning to the PA announcer, you know, and, and the smell. I mean, like TJ said, looking through the fence, watching the guys work, it was like – and back then, you could, kids could go in the pits. I, rem- I remember Neil Bonnet picking me up and taking me into the pits at Darlington as probably a 10-year-old kid. Like, that's what that's – the, that's the thing about racing is people that grow up around it love it their whole life. You never stop loving it, you know. All right, next question from Ann1991McKinney. What has been your favorite era of NASCAR? TJ? Um, my favorite era is probably, I don't know, man, it's hard to beat the 70s to the 2000s was a really good time. Even after that, I mean, we had some really, you know, I don't think anyone will give Jimmy as much credit as they as he'll ever get for being as dominant as he was for so long. Um, I think my favorite era is probably the 70s and 80s, though, because of the cars. Freddie. Yeah, same. I, I think that like the mid '80s Monte Carlos were the baddest looking race cars ever. Obviously, I was probably four or five years old when they were racing them. But just going back and watching the old old films of them and stuff like that, the guys up on the wheel driving the hell out of them. So I just I just like the way them cars looked. Brett. I, I mean, selfishly, 2001 until 2018, uh, and that's because 2001 is when I entered full time the competition side spotting. I was still on the business side. Uh, managing Elliot, he was here till 2018. So having made all the friends that I made and having all those friends around, I mean, I saw Dale Jarrett last weekend, Freddie and I did in Phoenix, like having guys like Dale Jarrett, Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, you know, and just, just that whole group of people, we were all here together. And as those guys have started retiring and doing other things, man, I miss those guys. So selfishly, that that's probably my error. I mean, you look at the cars, those fastback cars they ran, the big wings they ran, like – that's, those cars look cool. You watch them move around on the spot spot tires. Like it, uh, that's that's a cool look. But I mean, look, our cars are still beautiful. They're still bright. These guys are still doing death defying moves, and it's it's still as great as it was. It's just different. Next question from Sports Ball Fan eighty eight. If you could travel back in time to attend one sporting event, what event would you choose and why, Freddie? I don't know. Um, it'd probably be something racing related. Maybe like the the for like the Daytona 500 that they ran on the beach course that'd be pretty cool to go back and, and watch them run on the beach you see a lot of pictures and a lot of video of it and it's just a it's a pretty badass setting so I'd probably pick something like that Brett oh a guy asked a question that actually made us think and Jason brought this question on the show congratulations Jason man I'm a I grew up a huge Cowboys fan uh it would have been <laughs> cool it would have been cool to be there when Troy Aikman and, and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith were all playing in Super Bowls. Pick a Super Bowl, I don't care. Um, maybe a Mike Tyson fight. I mean, I, I respect the crap out of that guy as a boxer and, and what he did as far as working hard to be a shorter fighter that could knock out guys, you know, almost three times, not three times the size, but they had a lot more reach on him. Huge Gamecock fan. Uh, man, I'm, I'm such a huge sports guy. You could literally take me to any of those events and I'd be fine. TJ. Um, I would probably go back to uh, maybe an old Bristol race back whenever it was, uh, you know, asphalt. Uh, that too. Um, just a short trek race at Bristol, Martinsville, maybe a Charlotte race. Just seeing so many campers and stuff in the in, around and, and uh, looked like everything was really relaxed. Um, I think it'd be cool to walk around in that type of setting. Just check it out, see what it was like. I can't believe you didn't pick like the 1990 Super Bowl or any of that era. Uh, the like, night I cried. <laughs> you wanna, I don't want to relive that. <laughs> that was a good day for me, but Scott Norwood, yeah, my hero. I don't want to relive that. <laughs> I right. thought about it, but I, didn't, I don't want to relive any of them four years, even the Cowboys. Cowboys are <laughs> screw the Cowboys. Yeah, they're jokes. 
All right, last question from Tim Allen, 19. What was the most awkward date you've ever been on, Brett? I don't think I've ever been on one, honestly. I mean, I, I'll... You never dated your wife? That wasn't awkward. An awkward date? Like, have you met me? There's nothing awkward about me. I don't give a shit, So, like, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I find it hard to believe the first line that you said to your wife wasn't something fairly awkward. No. Well, it probably was awkward. He just didn't care. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if y'all know me, but I don't give a Like, my give a is really low. So, like, I don't, I don't, I've never had an awkward date. I don't think, I mean. I damn, I did go out with this chick one time named Tara Tucker. Oh, God. <laughs> she lived in Matthews. So, we were at the Watermelon Festival in Pageland, and I'm, I'm clogging, right? That's what I did. I was a clogger. <laughs> Speaking and, of awkward. And I'm standing over here on the side stage, and I'm, I'm watching this girl sing, and I'm like, Man, she's kind of cute. So she comes off stage, and I'm probably 14 years old. She comes off stage, and she looks like she's about my age. And I'm like, hey, they got helicopter rides back here for $20. You want to go ride a helicopter? She's like, yeah. So we go get on this helicopter. We ride around. So I was like, hey, give me your you know phone number. And back then, that meant your house phone number. And when you called their house, their dad answered the phone, or <laughs> yeah, their mom answered the phone. That's true. The kids never answered phones. You weren't allowed to answer phones. So – I went to pick her up, took her out to dinner, and the whole time I was out there, I just knew I was going to vomit. And it wasn't because I was nervous. I literally was sick. And so that may have been the most awkward thing I've ever had happen. But I wonder what she's doing these days. Man, I hope she's good. She could sing. You could probably reach out. I'm sure you could track her down. We'll We'll have Jason track her down. I'm sure MySpace could track her down. Anyway, I hope Tara's doing good. MySpace. She was a nice girl. (laughs) You don't have her phone number still? Nah. nah, Tara Tucker. Tara (laughs) Tucker, if you're out there. (laughs) <laughs> she she does have a cool Bronco. I did see that somewhere. A what? A Bronco. Like the truck. Oh, the man. Truck. I bet you're clogging shoes in that Bronco were quite the sight. <laughs> I love them 70s Broncos, 80s Broncos. I prefer uh, that. The most famous white Bronco yeah, was the one right. OJ drove. He tweeted. Did you see, he did he see that? John you see Elway's he tweeted second. The other day? Yeah, John Elway's the second most famous white, white Bronco. <laughs> did you see him tweet that picture yes. running from the coronavirus? Like, did you see that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, do you have one awkward date or no? Because I, uh, I got one. My wife will kill me when I tell the story. But uh, go ahead. I'd rather you die. So we're just, I don't know, maybe a couple months into seeing each other. And I would have to go to – Megan lived in Connecticut. I lived on Long Island. So um, she is going to murder me, by the way. But um, so I would go up to Connecticut. We ran Thompson and Stafford on Thursday and Friday night. So I'd go to Connecticut, and then we'd stay at a hotel in um, Vernon, Connecticut, which is like kind of in the middle or closer to Stafford. And uh, so me and Megan, she came and hung out, and um, I had a roommate at the time. So like going back to my hotel room wasn't an option because roommates in there. So we might've been um, parking the car around the back side of the hotel, just, you know, hanging out. Wink, Jesus, wink. Freddy. So, uh, <laughs> next thing I know, I am surrounded by the entire Vernon police department. We've got spotlights. We've, I thought I robbed a bank at this point. So <laughs> Megan does some kind of ninja maneuver and ends up fully dressed in the front seat. And I'm in the back seat, still as fat as I am now. Like this, that's not happening. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making moves as fast. So you were naked. Well, I was. No, what I was don't that? Think I was doohickey or do? Uh, ha- do funny. Do funny. <laughs> Your do funny was hanging out. No, it wasn't out. It was a. I think I got some shorts on by this time. So listen, this gets worse. Believe it or it not, it can't get any. <laughs> Worse. So the cop comes up to the window, right? 
So now, listen to me. I am in the front. I'm in the back seat. Megan's in the front seat, and the cops got this flashlight, and she he shines it on Megan, shines it back on me, shines it on Megan, <laughs> back on me, goes back to Megan and says, "Ma'am, is this guy holding you against your will?" I know exactly why Megan would would not want you to tell that story. Oh my god! So what happened? It's nothing. They just they, they said, "What the hell are you doing?" I said, "Man, I'm just I got a roommate." They're like, "We'll use the damn hotel next time." Jeez. I said, "Okay, my what bad. an idiot!" But I'm telling you, there was twelve cop cars there. I thought like I had just killed somebody, and not, like, but it was it was probably I, I it was in my vows at my wedding, so everybody else knows about it already. Oh my god! But it was it was quite awkward when the guy says, "Ma'am, is this guy holding you against your will?" I'm like, "What's that supposed to mean, God?" I mean. Jesus. Megan is a lot cuter than you are. Quite a bit, actually. That's pretty funny. Yeah. TJ, TJ, top that one. Uh, I know. Nobody's topping that one. (laughs) Freddie in the backseat with do funny hanging out and flashlights and stuff. Craig and Day Day, top flight security, pulling you over. So I'm glad you guys have me on here full time and I will never be back because Megan will (laughs) be Yeah, Megan's not going to be happy about that. (laughs) What a crazy girl she is. Oh, Megan. 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 Yeah, I mean, I I can't top that. My (laughs) wife hated me the first night I met her, though. That's not hard to believe. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> Did you block her? Yeah, that's what happened. Said no. I was like, nah, nah, no thanks. She got mad. No, um, I may have said a few things to her uh, that I shouldn't have the first night. And what did you say? I, what was your what's your go, yeah. what was your go to pickup line? Yeah, I'm not. I will die. There'll be one person left on the show. <laughs> Me and Freddie will be gone. <laughs> Brett and Casey stare off everything. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. Um, Needless to say, she hated me after the first night, so I had to go up to her the next night. And uh, the next day when I saw her, um, we were all on a vacation, and I saw her, and I was like, ooh, I don't know what. I'm like, I got to go say sorry to her. And uh, it was good from there, obviously. But Good work. Yeah, no flashlights or no flashlights cars or, or, anything. or anything. I didn't have a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brett, if it, is everyone getting an offer pad DBC t-shirt? Yeah, thank you for picking questions, Jason, that didn't suck. I'm glad yeah. people sent some more in. When y'all tweet about it, we get some way to like not Amish Josh some questions this week. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone go retweet the Dirty Mo Show tweet of DBC this week, and we'll pick a random person to give them a shirt as well. Let's right. have let's have fun with this part of the show right here. All right, so we are obviously missing at least two races. Let's assume that we miss three races. Just to be in the middle of the whole eight-week thing. Instead of saying eight, instead of saying two, let's just say we missed three. Because after the third one, I think there's an off weekend, or is there four and then there's an off weekend Easter? Weekend. So let's make it easy. Let's say we miss four. Let's say we miss half of what the CDC is recommending. TJ, what are you going to do to make up these four races? Run eye racing. No, I'm talking about what are you legitimately going to do to make up the race we're missing at Atlanta, the race we will miss at Texas, the race we're missing – like at, personally, at what Bristol. am I going to do? Like, no, like, like what, what, what like should NASCAR. NASCAR? What should NASCAR do to make uh, up these races? I would look at the schedule and I would try to align Atlanta, maybe with a close one. Um, maybe when we run like a Martinsville or something like that, where we can get the trucks back, we can go do a one day show. Uh, maybe go and do a Wednesday night, come home, get home late Wednesday, uh, redo the trucks. They can leave Thursday night and let's go run Martinsville or something like that. I, I don't. I mean, just coordinate with the close races. If we miss uh, what race are we miss in Bristol. Uh, we will miss Bristol, probably. Bristol being the same deal. Texas has a fall race as well, so Texas could turn into a doubleheader in the fall. Two races, then playoff races, right? Yeah. So um, two playoff races. I don't Ooh. know if that's a good idea or not, but that's risky. Um, but I mean, you got to make it up. It's still going to count, you know. Yeah. Um, 
these are circumstances that none of us have asked for. We're just kind of put in when we deserve the, you know, give them people the shows they're supposed to have. So um, that's what I would do. Look for close races. I'd run Bristol maybe on a Wednesday. They've already done some Wednesday night races there before, so I know they can do it. They've got lights. Atlanta could maybe run on a Wednesday, run in the evening, run start around dinner time, run into the evening, get home, um, and then uh, go from there. Pretty. Yeah, I think like, like right now Texas is kind of the monkey ranch in the situation where everything else is kind of close, local or close enough to where you might be able to pull it off in the same week if you wanted to run you know, a Sunday and a Wednesday. Um, obviously Texas is kind of on its own where you're not going to be able to kind of pull that off logistically. Um, I, Bob Pockers had a decent idea about you know shifting the all-star race to like the Thursday before the 600, and that frees up a weekend for maybe run Atlanta. You know, you run Atlanta and Charlotte back to back, where it's not you know not a lot of travel there. We have two off weekends in the summer where you could you might be able to make up a Texas race there, where it's kind of one off by itself. But I like the one the tweet we read last night about the guy talking about doubling up some if we miss extended period of time, miss doubling up some of these races. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, look, there, there's a few things here that 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 are kind of weird for us. Uh, we've got two weeks off in the summer for NBC to go cover the Olympics. Question number one is, do they even have the Olympics with this going on? Question number two is, because we're missing Fox races, can Fox reschedule those races to be run on those two off weekends? If that's the case, I think that makes this a lot easier, right? The other thing is, the All-Star Weekend, botch it. The All-Star Race is kind of like the clash. It's insignificant when we're dealing with a crisis like this. Make it that. Make it be insignificant. Put that as a full race weekend. But here's the thing that, that man, as a fan, I was struggling with when we were flying down there to Atlanta. We're going to race in front of nobody. We're going to win in front of nobody. Like, the celebration was going to be odd. Sitting on the pole was going to be odd. Like, we're going to have 18 guys at the whole racetrack when something really good Pre-race happens. Gonna we're going to have 18 people clapping that they won. Like, man, that just – that was going to feel weird to me. So, that – that was honestly the only reason I didn't want to race is because how can we do this without our fans? And, and I know they were going to be watching on TV, but, man, they weren't even going to be allowed to camp on property. So I, I was, that, was, that was what was tugging at my heart the most. Obviously, I don't want anybody to get sick and us, us you know, spread this thing even worse. But, man, I, I hope that they are very strategic. And, and here's the other thing. When we were flying down there and they said, we're going to do all this in one day with no practice. Well, that tells you that we know we can do that. Oh, and, yeah. and, and that's a big gain. So when you look at some of these three-day weekends that we have, and the schedules are the best they've ever been in, in the time that I've been here, but maybe those three-day weekends aren't three-day weekends anymore when we're doing these makeup races. We have a one-day show on a Wednesday. We have a two-day show Saturday, Sunday, like to be able to make it up and logistically, because it's going to be hard on us. It's going to be hard on the guys yeah. at the shop. It's going to be hard on, on, on the entire sport. It's going to be hard on TV. You're talking about picking up and moving everything. You know, and like yeah. you said, Texas is kind of where you throw in the wrench and go, oh, yeah. when are you going to do that one? The other ones are probably doable. A lot of work, but doable. But, um, man, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it would be, have been weird winning, you know, without nobody there and stuff like that. Um, but I also think NASCAR has consolidated the schedules enough already. I think it would be hard. I think they've done a good job. You know, most teams are leaving out on Fridays a lot. We're supposed to be on Fridays coming up. Um I think they've done a good job of consolidating the weekend, um, you know, into a three-day, two, it could be a two-day show, but, For sure. you know, to not put as much pressure on people, they make it a three-day show. Saturdays are fairly easy, um, but that's what, you're not working these guys to death anymore. They're getting half a day at a racetrack to, to work out, to go hiking, do something cool. Before, they didn't really have that. So I think um, I think they've done a great job with this guy. Everything, NASCAR's made a lot of improvements over the last 
last year and a half or so they've made a lot of improvements to the to the sport and and everything so what you got to keep in mind outside of just what we do is the the hospitality piece the the leveraging the sponsorship and bringing people you got to give them time when we got the email that said the sponsors can't come to the racetrack i wanted to cry and clint's like oh no that's absolutely the right move and i'm like clint i don't care if it's the right move we're letting the people that pay our bills we won't let them come this weekend, even though they have a hard card. Like that's how, when it's that serious, like wow, that that was man. There were a lot of things going on that was emotionally tough for me to to stomach. But when you look at companies that have bought these hospitalities and they're spending the money on the catering and, and spending the money to bring their guests in, like you know, just like the fans are, they're spending their money to come. Well, companies are doing the same thing for their guests. So it, it costs people a lot of money when these decisions are made. And I know NASCAR will do what they can to make it logistically easy as possible and economically yeah. the best on all of us. But, man, they've I can imagine being lately. in that war room. They've done that a lot lately. They've made a lot of smart decisions on stuff. So, I, I, like you said, I wouldn't want to be in there making the decisions for it. But I wanted to race, but I don't want to race in front of nobody. Yeah. That was scary. I, I just – I don't know. Maybe I just old-fashioned or something. Thanks for joining us on this show this week. When's our next show, Jason? That's, a great, that's a great question. We'll figure hey, it out. Chase, before we're done – Unfortunately, I did this two weeks in a row. I just got a text. Um, a guy named Wade Cole. You guys probably never heard of him. Hmm. Modified racer. He's the guy. He passed away last night in an accident at a shop. Older oh. guy, 67 years old. Oh. Um, he's the guy you've seen him probably 100 times, or at least probably TJ has. He's got the ramp truck. Like he told, like he would drive this thing cross country, just low buck as it gets. He'd be out there. It's like the yellow and black number 33 car. Wasn't very competitive, but he showed he was at every modified He's race. A racer. He was at every race we've had since 1985 when they started the modified tour. Um, so it's just a pretty bad day in the modified world. Obviously, you know that's kind of where my yeah. heart always lies. And uh, but it's that guy a, was just a bad. Been a few accidents, losses like that here recently with uh, David Rogers, and uh, there's a lot of. Man, these guys are heroes to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, and they don't they don't know it. I mean, you go to you've been to Myrtle Beach a bunch. There there used to be a guy that ran at Myrtle Beach that we called him the Chicken Man. You know the Chicken Man? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he had KFC as his sponsor and used to bring KFC to the race every week. And I didn't. He was he's like a legend there. He's been there forever. But um, there's a lot of local guys like that, and these are definitely tough times when you lose people like that. All right, well, everybody, stay safe out there. Uh, if you find any chicken. Ship it to my house. If you find any toilet paper, ship it to my house. <laughs> I think I got 18 rolls left. I don't know what I got left. But I, mean, I only have 18 rolls left because I shop yeah. at Costco. I've I, not found toilet paper since the toilet paper crisis started. I, I was got. Is it? Megan wants me to go to the store after the show. Is that even worth my time to go to the store? I, I thought mean, a No, there ain't nothing about? in the stores. There's I, a maintenance cabinet I, here. <laughs> I took. I I'm took not talking a, about toilet paper. I'm just talking about for anything I'll, in general. I will tell you a trick I saw online. Oh, God. And it works. Is this legal by any chance? Take sense? your paper towels. That is not. And that, cut them in half. No, that's a terrible idea. Oh, no, no, no. no. He's that's, right. Yeah, That's I've like seen tree bark. Uh-uh. No, no, no. No, you're doubling no, your, no, no. You're doubling your amount. Your, take your paper towels okay. and cut the roll in half. And then instead of you pulling off an entire sheet, you're only pulling off a half a sheet. It lasts half as long. But do not use the knife that I used to do it last night because I had paper all over my Did you seriously do this last night? Yes, I did it. I'll send, I'll I saw send a it. picture out. I saw, uh, I saw people doing that. I'm using I don't know, but like. My toilet, my paper towels are not quite as sensitive as my toilet paper. I don't know if I want to go down that route. Well, you got, I mean, I'd rather, I don't know. Six, you got fingers, a garden six hose. fingers in my house. You got a garden hose, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the three seashells <laughs> from that movie. <laughs> stay safe. Keep hose. your sense of humor. Stay away from the elderly. I haven't yeah. been able to go see my mom because of this crap. 
uh, you know, I mean, I feel good, but I don't feel good, but I, I feel yeah. I just don't want to put it at risk. You yeah, know? of course. The only people scare me on the whole deal. reason we're all doing this. Hopefully we have another show next week. And uh, thanks to Mike Davis for opening the studio up for us. JRM is closed. A lot of race shops are completely shut down uh, for the next 10 days that we know of as of now to try to help, you know, quarantine everybody and keep everybody safe. So thanks you guys for listening. Appreciate you. We don't know when we'll be back, yeah. but hopefully soon. Thanks. Holla. Stay safe. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.